Karen. And uh, we just want to let you know how much we just appreciate Pastor Mark and Ashley. And, and we, we've seen the work that they're, they're doing here. And we know what God is doing. And, and just by a conversation with them and coming, we're checking this place out. And it's just loving all the different things that are going on. And, you know, God's doing something right here in Valdosta. Amen. And I believe it's beginning right here. And so we're, we're excited about that. We, uh, we, we have pastored for the last 10 years in Cairo, Georgia, which is about an hour west, if you don't know. And, uh, but the, recently, the Lord put on our heart to, to make a change. And so, so our vision, our plan is to go start a brand new church in Concord, North Carolina. And, and in the interim, in, the, in, in between that, the Lord just placed on my heart to, to go and reach out and, 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 and preach in different churches throughout the southeast and the people that I know. And really, there was three things that, that the Lord showed me he wanted me to do as we go forth and minister like we are today. First of all, it is, is strengthen and encourage the pastors. Because when you're pastoring a church and you're doing what God calls you to do, you need that strengthening. You need that encouraging. And, 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 and we are, we're encouraged by what they're doing. And we're excited about what they're doing. And it actually gives us vision and, and, and insight uh, because we, can, we learn from them as much as they learn from us. But we just wanted to encourage you guys and let you know we appreciate you guys and what you're doing here. Second of all, we just come here to speak a, speak a clear word of God to your heart that, that each one of you, as you leave this place today, may apply it to your life. In other words, I've always said it this way. If I preach, it doesn't matter if I can talk all holy and, and high and, and you leave this place and you don't know what I said when, I, when you leave, well, that it didn't do you any good now, did it? So we want to speak a clear word, a word of faith that will encourage your faith and, and, and encourage you that you can do this and you can be a doer of the word. And then third of all, we also want to encourage the people to, to, to get involved and be a part of the vision here at Anchor Faith Church. Because I believe that God is doing something. And as Pastor Mark and, and, and Pastor Ashley uh, set forth that vision and place it out there in front of you, I'm just believing that you're going to take hold of that and encourage you to do that today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm very excited to have with me today my family. First of all, let me, let me introduce them before we get into the word here. My wife, Christy. We, stand up, Christy. Yes. We've been married for uh, 27 years. 27. Will it be 28 this August? Or will it be 27? See, we, we forget. It's been all good. It seems like 10. Okay, so this is good. All right, that's my wife, Christy. And then my oldest son, Michael, and his wife, Kana. They'll stand up. Praise the Lord. And then my, my youngest son, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, if you want to stand up. Now, all, all three of those, actually all five of us are, are graduates of Rama Bible Training Center and called to the ministry and just doing what the Lord called us to do. And so I appreciate them being here with us today. Amen. Are you ready to get into the word? All right. Can you do this for me? Can you stand up? I'm going to give you a chance to stretch for just a moment. Hallelujah. One more time. Let's just lift up our hands to God and surrender to him because we're can you believe this with me today that the word that I speak will minister to your heart directly today. Can you believe that? Okay. Did you come with an expectation that God would minister to your heart this morning? Can you agree with that? Amen. Can you believe that I'll say the exact words that I need to say to certain people and the specific people that God will minister his word and his truth unto you today? Amen. And then can you believe this with me, that as we hear this word today, that we'll go forth out of this place and be doers of the word, not just hearers. Can you believe that? All right, then let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just hold our hands up and surrender to you this morning. And we thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that it brings life. Lord God, that you impart life unto us as we hear your word this morning. And I'm asking you, Heavenly Father, today, that the things that you placed in my heart to share this morning, that, Lord God, I'll share it clearly and effectively. That, Lord God, I'll speak the words that need to be said, that even 
each one of us, everyone, Lord God, including me, will leave this place having the Lord God Almighty speak to us by your word and by your spirit within. And we thank you for that. That is our expectation. We believe we receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Hallelujah. You can turn with me to James chapter 3. We'll be there in, the first, in, in just a moment or so. Let me tell you a story. This will help me uh, to illustrate our, 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 our sermon today. Many years ago, um, well, I guess it has been many years ago now, I had the opportunity to work with my uncle. And my uncle is a contractor. And, and I, you know, just to be honest with you, I'm not the most handy person, you know. I'm more the musical kind of guy or, or that kind of thing. But, but I was helping out and doing what I needed to do at that time. And, and, and one of the projects that we had to do was uh, we, had to t- we had to take this wall down, a brick wall. And, and we had a sledgehammer, but I don't mean one of those sledgehammers that are, you know, five, six foot, six foot tall or whatever. I'm talking about one of those sledgehammers that kind of fit in your hand, just a little bit bigger than a hammer. Anybody seen one of those before? Okay, so, we're, so I say we're using that. When I say we, that means him. He's using that. Because I'm what you call the gopher. You know, whatever he needs, I go for and get it, you know. All right, so that's my job. So I'm watching him, and he's, and he's, he's knocking this wall down, and he's hitting the wall down, and the wall's starting to go down. And as he's hitting, he's got his hand up there like this, and he's got the hammer like this. Right? And he's hitting on that thing. Well, he hits his hand. I mean, I don't mean he was just tapping on that thing. I mean he was swinging that thing, right? And and hits that, ah, you know, he, he squeals out, squeals out. Yeah, that's the word. He squeals out. And I'm like, oh, see, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a blood person either. You know, I don't like blood. You know, I don't like to see pain. Anybody that's in pain, I have to turn my eyes when I'm watching TV. You know, I don't want to do that, right? So I, I can see that's, that's not going to feel good. That may leave a mark. And so I said, do you want to stop? You know, even one time was good enough for me. You want to stop? You want to go do, you know, you want me to take it? No, no, I got this. I got this. I got this. So he's hitting again. Bam, bam, bam. Bam. You know what he does again? Boom. On that same hand again. Oh, oh. Now I'm really like, ah, oh, no, no. Stop, stop. Right? And now it's starting to swell up. And it's starting to get big. He's got little fat little hands anyway. You know what I mean? But they're really, they're really, and he'll probably hear this video, this audio here. But, but it's, but it's, but it's all starting to, start to swell up really good now. And, and he's ah, shaking that thing. And I said, you know, we might want to get this thing taken and go look at this thing. You know, this is hurting, you know. No, 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 no. He's, he's going to be tough. No, no, we got this. We got to get this wall down. We got to get this wall down. So he's hitting again. Yeah, you know the story. Bam, 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 bam. Boom, right on that hand a third time. That hand swelled up so big. I was, I was concerned about him, you know. And then so he said, he, uh, he stops, he drops that hammer, and he's looking at it. I said, I said, Steve, I said, that thing is really swelled up now. You know, I'll be all right, let me just shake it off. Let me just shake it off. Let me shake it off. And he started to do some other things so he didn't have to hit for a moment. And then and he said, you know, I'm going to need you to drive me down. We had to take him down to the, to the ER, the little thing, you know, and looked at that. And so, so the next day, this is the very next day, we're doing some other work because he can't hammer today. We're cutting some wood, Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and I'm supposed to hold the wood. That's my job, right? I'm holding the wood as he cuts by my fingers. And every time he gets near, I pull back. And he says, Doug, hold, keep it still. Keep it still. I can't cut right if you don't hold it still. I'm, okay, okay, okay. 
So I put my hand there again. You know, I'm holding it right there, and he's, he's coming through, and I, I, I jump back. He said, Doug, stop moving your hand. I said, listen, I watched you yesterday hit your hand three times in a row, and I know you're not concerned about my hand. Now, that's a true story that happened several years ago. Now, and, 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 and I like to bring, I, I bring up this story to use it and illustrate it several different ways. But, but here's the thing. Many times in life, we can be hitting our hand and then just keeping on doing it. You would think we would be smarter than that, right? I mean, wouldn't you think after once you would stop? But we think we're going to tough through and we think we can make it and maybe that's not the problem, you know. And we just keep on hitting our hand and hitting our hand and hitting our hand. And you know what? To me, that's, that's, that's pretty um, not smart. Okay, that's the word I'm going to go with. Not smart, right? But what if my uncle was looking at his hand and was like, you know what? I don't this thing is really starting to swell up and I don't know why. What would you think about him then? He just doesn't understand some things. He's touched. You know, he's, he's, something's not right with him. Huh? Here's my point to you today. We've been given a tool to direct our destiny in our life. But this same tool that can drive and, 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 and direct our destiny and, and, and determine our destiny in life can also be like a hammer that's hitting ourselves in the hand. And the tool that we've been given to direct our destiny, and it's made and created for us to direct and determine our destiny, is the words that we speak with our mouth. But how many times do we beat ourselves in the hand by letting words of unbelief, words of doubt, come out of our mouth? Let me read to you here in James chapter 3. James chapter 3. We're going to start reading in verse 2 here this morning. He says this, for, for in many things we offend all. But then he says this, if any man offend not in the word. Everybody say the word. Or say in word. Let's say it that way, yeah. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Everybody say Mature. See, that's the, what that word there means. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect or mature man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, he says, look, he gives an example here, actually two. Behold, we, we put bits in the horse's mouth and they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold, look at this. Also the ships, which is though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeth, even so the tongue, everybody say the tongue, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. As we look at the words of James here, he's showing us the importance of the words that we speak. He says these words, he goes on to say in that next verse, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Here's what he's telling us. We set the course of our life or as we're saying today, we determine our destiny by the things that come out of our mouth. He gives two illustrations here. He says, just like a horse. He says, we put, uh, we put the bridle in the horse's mouth and we turn that horse wherever we want it to go. Think about that for a moment. Is the horse stronger than we are? It is me, yes. Are the horses bigger than me? Yes. 
But even though they are bigger than I am, I can determine the direction of the horse by the way that I turn it. Think about the ship. That's the second example he gave here. He said, you have a ship and it's out there in the sea. And you think about that rudder or that helm there. It, it's turning that big old ship compared to the size of the ship. It's small compared to the size of the boat. It's small, but it's directing the course. And notice what it said. Let's look in verse uh, verse three again when it speaks of the horse. Behold, he says, look, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Everybody say whole body. See, not just part of the body, but the whole body. Everything in our life is directed and determined by what we speak out of our mouth. If we're speaking things of the kingdom of God, if we're speaking things of the word of God, you know what's going to happen? Those things are going to come to pass in our life. God has given us this tool to determine our direction, to determine our destiny. Now, some don't learn to use this tool and and, and take the road that they really wish they weren't taking. But others will learn how to use their mouth, use their words, and they can direct their life in the way that they want to go and in the way that God has for them. Can you say amen? If you will, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs, the 14th chapter. Now, they're going to have on the board here today, it's going to be in the NLT. I like this, like this version a little bit better. So instead of reading in the New King James or the King James, we're going to read it here in the NLT. I want you to see this. And this is why we're going to show a couple of scriptures here today to show you that this, 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 this principle of using the words that we speak to direct our life is something that we'll see from the beginning of the word and to the end of the word. It's, it's not just a principle that, that Paul came up with. It's not just a principle that James come up with and wrote that about that and all of a sudden he got this great revelation. No, it's something that God has spoke to his children over and over and over again. It's an established principle of the, of the kingdom of God that our mouth and our tongue and the words we say are powerful in our life. So let's read here in verse uh, of, of Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 3. It says this and this just gets really plain. Okay, are you ready to get plain with it? Here we go. A fool's proud talk becomes a rod that beats him. Can't get no more plain than that now, can you? A fool's proud talk becomes a rod that just beats him. But the words of the wise keep them safe. Notice here that the words that we speak can either beat us or keep us safe. Notice the things that come out of our mouth either beat us or keep us safe. Notice the things that come out of our mouth will make the difference in our life. And notice this. What comes out of our mouth is our choice. Are you seeing me? All right. We're in Proverbs 14. Turn to Proverbs 18. Let's go over there today. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. This is a great scripture. I love this scripture. He says, it says this, death and life. Everybody say death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then he goes on to say this, verse 21. And they that love it 
shall eat the fruit thereof. He says, this, if you'll learn this, if you'll learn this point, if you'll get this principle of the kingdom of God, you can you can you can bring increase. You can eat the fruit. You can reap the result of this thing. If you'll learn how this works, the quicker we learn how this this principle works, the quicker we can apply it to our life and the quicker it can begin to make a difference in our life. Do you have some areas in your life that you wish could be a little bit better? Can somebody think of one? Huh? What do we have? What have we been given to change the course of our life in that area? It's the words that we speak. He said, he said, death and life. Notice how both again, we're seeing that again. Every time we look at these scriptures, we'll see this same theme over and over. Whether you're talking about death or whether you're talking about life, both are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. You can use your, 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 your tongue, you can use your words to bring defeat in your life, or you can use your words to bring blessing in your life. Again, I'm going to say this again. You get to choose what comes out. Let's look at this verse a little closer. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In the power. Everybody say power. It's the power. The tongue has power. Now, we're going to see as, as we continue and get on to our next point here, we're going to see how this power works and how it operates in God's kingdom. But what I want you to see here is this, is that it does have power. If the littlest part, the little thing I can say, that's got power. This determines more what happens in my life than this does. You think, well, you know, maybe my legs, because it takes me where I need to go. This sets the course of my life. This sets the course of your life. There's power in your tongue. Look at me. Let's, okay, that's two in the Proverbs and really two in the Old Testament. I like to kind of equal things out. I look at two in the New Old Testament and maybe two in the New Testament. Can we turn to the New Testament? Go with me to Matthew chapter 12, if you would. And, 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 and just for time's sake, and, you know, we, we can go all throughout the word and see scripture after scripture that will show us this, that, that death and life are in the power of the tongue and that how our words uh, uh, will, will lead us and guide us and direct us. We can see it over and over. I just thought I'd pick out four today. And, and so I went with two in the Proverbs and we're going to see two things, two times in the gospel that Jesus spoke this and, and, and shared this principle. So are you there with me in Matthew chapter 12? If you're there, say amen. But do you know what verse yet? Okay, let me tell you. Let's see here. We're in Matthew chapter. Well, look at this. I am in Mark. Let me go back to Matthew here. Who's in Matthew? Say amen. Okay, I can say amen with you now. There they am. Okay. Some reason that scripture wasn't lining up with what I wanted to preach. Okay, here we are. Matthew chapter 12 and look in verse 37, if you would. These are the words of Jesus. He says this very simply, very plainly. See, I like Jesus. Don't you just love Jesus? He just said it the way that it was. He says this, for by thy words, thou shalt be justified and by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Very plain, isn't it? We're saying this. This is our point that this the power of our tongue is an established principle in the word of God. 
over and over again. So much so, Jesus spent much time talking about the words that we speak and the things that we say. This is why his disciples and his apostles after that continued on the tradition to teach their people that the word in James would, 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 would preach and James would write that we've got to use our tongue correctly because it sets the course of your life. And just like he went on to preach all that in James, uh, James chapter three, as we read that before, Jesus says here, for by thy words, thou shalt be justified and by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. You can make or break your life. By what you say. Think about that. I asked you before. Do you have an area in your life that you would like to see changed? That you would like to see different? Realize this. Begin today. Set the course with your tongue. Set the course with your words. And let your words dictate your, your, your direction that you're going. And you know what? You will be there. You will get there. Look one more scripture with me if you would. Luke chapter 6. As we get over into Luke chapter 6, and and we're going to look here in verse 45, Jesus is sharing this same principle again. He's showing us the same thing. But as we look at this, what we find out is that he gives us a little bit more uh, insight. That's the word I want to use. A little more insight on why it works this way. We saw that life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? We saw through the scripture and we've seen it established so far that it's established point uh, um, principle of the word of God that that our tongue will set the destiny for our life. But as we look here in Luke chapter six and and verse forty five and look at the words of Jesus, he's going to begin to show us why this works this way. How God set this up in his kingdom, why it, 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 it changes us and and it sets our direction. So let's look here. Verse forty five. A good man. Everybody say a good man. Okay. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth. Everybody say bringeth forth. That's good old King James there, right? Yeah. What does it say here? Uh, Brings forth. Okay. There we go. We'll say that. Very good. All right. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth. Everybody say brings forth. Brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. The words there I ask you to speak and repeat with me are this brings forth. I like to use the word when I read this, the word produces. Produces. And I'm going to read that verse again and I'm going to put that word in both of those spots. okay? because bringing forth means to produce a good man out of the good treasure of his heart produces that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart produces that which is evil for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh he's telling us this the things that we allow in our heart will produce the things that are right here i mean deep right here See, everybody knows you can walk in on Sunday morning and say, how you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? Doing good. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, you can say all those. What is deep in here? What deep, what's deep in here is what's going to produce. Everybody say produce. Produce in your life. Here's another thing. You get to choose what's abundant in here. Now. He's talking about our spirit there, our heart, the spirit of man, the heart of man. 
The gateway to the heart of man is the eyes and the ears. What you allow yourself to see will be collecting in your heart. What you allow yourself to hear, because the eyes and the ear are the gateway to the heart. What you allow yourself to hear will begin to accumulate right in here. And what's in abundance is what's going to come out. For out of the abundance of his heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. You can tell what's abundant in your heart by what your mouth speaks. And it's more easily uh, recognized what's in your heart when you speak under pressure. When you, um, you might wake up in the middle of the night and you just got to get us some water. And you're making your way, and, and you don't want to cut on the light because you, you know, I don't want to wake up Christy, and so I'm just kind of go through. And but then you're kind of avoiding dog. We got dogs, you know, so I'm 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 going through two dogs, making sure I don't step on them. Still not trying to cut on the light, making my way over to, you know, and then and then you know what these these little what are these little things been on the floor? Little dog biscuits. They like these little dog cookies, right? And they like eat them, and there's like a little little piece like maybe this big, right? You know. And, and you're walking through there and you're going to the kitchen, you know, in the middle of the night, got the dark, you know, it's all dark and everything. And you step on that thing. A point of pressure. What comes out of your mouth then? How about you make your way back to the bed and you're trying to get around there to your side. That's what I do. I got a side. She's got a side. I'm getting over there. And if I turn that turn just a little bit too quick before I reach around the edge of the bed, my left knee, because I'm on the right side looking at the bed, my left knee hits that. The headboard thing or the footboard thing. What do you call that thing? I call that thing hurt. That's what I call that thing. <laughs> Woo! What comes out of your mouth then? Yes. <laughs> Praise God for only ouch coming out. Hmm? So... What's abundant in your heart is what's going to come out. Now, let's read this verse again, and let's, let's make another point. Let's see something else out of this, because there's so much in this verse. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth, produces. Everybody say produces. Produces that which is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, produces. Everybody say produces. Produces that which is evil. Four, 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 four. He's saying out of the abundance of your heart, it will produce because. You see that? That's what the word for means. The abundance of your heart will produce because out of the abundance of your heart, your what? Your mouth will speak. He's saying this is the way that it goes. Whatever's in abundance here is going to come out. And because your tongue is powerful. Because your words have the ability to determine your destiny, the words that come out of your mouth will produce in your life 
what you put in your heart, what you allow to go into your heart, what you allow to meditate on and and, and, and think on and, and let that begin to be abundant on the inside of you. As you allow that to be abundant, it's going to come out. And when it comes out, it will produce. This works to the good or that works to your detriment. By your words, you'll be justified or by your words, you'll be condemned. However you want to work this. Now, let's look at this verse one more time and I'll show you one more point. Then we'll move on. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth or produces that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart produces that which is evil. For because out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What we see here in this verse is something that's key to understanding why the words that you speak are powerful and produce. Here's the reason why. Because when your words come out of your mouth that are connected to something that you believe in your heart, that's when it produces. We're not just talking about anything that you say, anything that you make yourself come up with is going to produce in your life. No, 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 no. What we see Jesus begins to show us here in Luke chapter 6 is this, is that the words that you say that are backed and come from and are produced from what's abundant in your heart, that's what's going to, that's what's going to produce in your life. That's what's going to set your direction. I'll say it to you this way. We, I made the point already earlier. You can come in here and put Put on your Sunday face. But that's not what's producing. A facade does not produce in your life. It's a facade. But what's real, what's true, and what's abundant is what's going to produce. Can you see that? All right, let's look with me. Look with me if you would over to Mark. Maybe you've seen this scripture before. Mark chapter 11. Anybody ever read Mark chapter 11 before? Okay, yeah, we know a little bit about this verse here, don't we, brother? Mark chapter 11. Sometimes I just, I just, you know, open my Bible and it just falls open right there just because I, I like that verse. You know, it's a good verse. Jesus said this. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Let's go back. Verse, verse 22 says this. Jesus answering, saying to them, he says, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. Okay, now we'll read verse 23. This is the point. He's saying, let's have faith in God. And then he begins to describe it. He begins to tell us what having faith in God means. I'm going to say it to you this way. As Jesus is speaking, he's going to show us what having faith in God means to him. I think we need to know that. I think this could be useful. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him, right? And with faith, we do please him. And if Jesus thinks this is what faith is all about, I might need to know this. Who's ready to read? Okay, let's read verse 23. For verily or truly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. 
Now, as we read that verse there and we look at this uh, and, and we see Jesus begin to describe unto us what having faith in God is. There's one word or one form of a word that continues to come back several times as we read this. And I'm going to read it again and, and, and I'll make emphasis of that word as we get there. For verily I say, say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Notice how he continues to go back to that word say or some form of it. What is what is Jesus teaching us about faith? He says this faith. This is faith, folks. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. If it's faith, It'll speak. If it's faith, it'll come out. If you believe it, if it's what you believe, it will come right out. It's going to be laid out there for you. Amen? Let's read it again. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever... Wow, there's a word there. Whosoever. Huh. I remember when I was a teenager. Well, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, well. I had a little necklace. Wore a necklace because necklaces were cool. Right? Said, I'm a whosoever. I was a Christian cool guy. Who was a Yes. Yeah, I'll laugh at that. Yeah, there you go. That wasn't the laughing part. Okay. Whosoever. What does whosoever mean? Let me let me let me ask you the question. Let me ask you in a different way. When he says whosoever. Who does that open it up to? Yeah. Everybody. Everybody say that means me. Yeah. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Notice how he uses the word or form of the word say three times and uses uh, believe one time. You see that? Yes, we have to believe. Yes, what's in our hearts important. But what brings that which is in your heart to fruition in your life is when you speak it. Because that's where the power is at. Why? Because faith speaks. Faith says it. And that's how it's produced. Listen to me. You can have all the faith in your heart and you can believe like nobody's business. But if you're not willing to walk it out and speak it, it won't produce. Because Jesus said the things in your heart produce because you say it. You can believe that God is your healer and never receive healing. You can believe that God is your provider and never be provided for because you've kept it all in here. It's great that I love my wife. She likes the fact that I love, my, that I love her. But you know what? Every now and then, I need to say it. Because it don't mean much if I don't act like it and I don't say it. Can't be like the old man, you know, well, you know, I told her I loved her once, and if I change my mind, I'll let her know. No, that don't work. <laughs> that don't work. Right? 
doesn't work in marriage, and it doesn't work in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God and you in God's kingdom operate on this principle. You believe it in your heart and you speak it with your mouth and it produces in your life. Let's read that again. Oh, there's more in here. There's more. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Notice when the mountain. Now let's talk about the mountain for a moment. What is he saying here? Is he talking about some literal mountain? I am sure as he's teaching this, he's looking to a mountain on the outside here. You know, see that mountain? Speak unto this mountain. Say, Be thou removed. I think he used it for an illustration. Okay. But do you think Jesus is teaching us here that, that what we ought to do is use our words for an excavation business? No. When he says this mountain, he's not talking about a, a literal mountain. He's talking about your problem. He's talking about the thing that's weighing heavy on you. Notice what he told you to do to the mountain. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Sometimes we get so caught up in how big the mountain is, how large the mountain is, how close the mountain is, how, uh, uh, how much it's bothering us, how much it's weighing on us, that we forget what we're supposed to do to the mountain. We're, cons- we're so consumed about the enormity of the mountain that we forget what we're supposed to do to the mountain. And the thing about it is this, it's whosoever can use this principle. We're supposed to say unto the mountain. Everybody say, say unto the mountain. So we say unto the mountain, be thou removed. <clears throat> Notice how specific he is. He's saying, you be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea. And then he begins to give some explanation and not doubt in his heart. We're going back to this principle again. It's those things that we believe and we speak that come to pass in our life. That's how the power of the tongue works. It comes from a heart of faith. Whatsoever, uh, he shall not doubt in his heart, but he shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. And then he's very positive again. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus is very positive again. He said, folks, this principle works. This is what faith is like. Have faith in God. This is how you do it. When there's a problem in your life, you speak to the mountain. It didn't say talk about the mountain. It didn't say complain about the mountain. It didn't say whine about the mountain. It didn't say tell your husband about the mountain. And talk and talk about the mountain. It says say into the mountain. And, and, and as it's saying, we're not just saying, well, mountain, you know, uh, I don't like you there and uh, I wish you was gone. That's not the way Jesus wrote that and said that. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe what you saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Notice what we say. We use our authority when we speak to the mountain. That is what faith is. That is what faith is about. He shall have. Now, who shall have? 
That last phrase there, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Who is he? Huh? Okay. This is not anybody. Whosoever is anybody. But whosoever doesn't receive it. He receives it. He gets specific. And he said, he that receives it is the one that believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth. Now, he shall receive it. With him, it shall come to pass. See, we all are a part of the whosoever. But we may or may not be part of the he that he's speaking about. The question is, will we take the belief that we have in our heart, will we take the word that we've heard and then allow it to come forth with boldness and with authority out of our mouth so that it produces in our life? Now that person, the person that does that, now he shall receive it. Can you see that? All right, one more thing here before we leave this verse. As I read this verse, I'm going to drink of water here before we go on any further. As I read this verse, Jesus is telling me something that I thought was quite interesting. We graduated Raymond in 1987. We've been in the ministry for 27 years now. Okay? I don't know how many times I've read this verse, much less preached or even preached on this verse. Many times. Because I, I, I believe I have the mandate, as Brother Hagin, go teach my, teach my people faith, and I preach this many times. But one time recently, I'm talking about in the last maybe six months, as I was teaching along these lines, this thought came to me. If I'm going to believe what Jesus said about faith here, and faith in God, and that faith speaks, I must come to the realization that I have the power to change my natural circumstances. Jesus is telling us here, I asked you before, is there an area in your life which you'd like to see increase? Is there an area in your life you'd like to see things better? Jesus is teaching us and showing us here that we have the power to change any circumstance, anything in the natural realm, if we'll use our faith and speak words of faith. It doesn't matter how big it is. It can be as big as a mountain. He used that as the illustration. It can be a small thing like a molehill. doesn't matter. We can speak to it and tell it to be removed. We do it with authority. We do it with faith. We do it with our words. And we have the ability to change things in the natural realm as we believe it in our heart and confess it with our mouth. Now think about for a moment the day you were born again. Do you remember when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? I remember that day. I, um, well, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I remember that I was in my mom's room. She had the TV on and Fred Price was preaching. Okay? And so he was preaching and I was walking back and forth, kind of looking in the room and kind of hear it, heard it. And, and so I began to sit right there on the edge of the bed, right there where the TV was. And as I, as I listened to him finish that finish that sermon and, 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 you know, say what he was saying that day. And then he said, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. See, I was going to church. Going to church don't make you born again. 
I was going to church with mom and dad like I was supposed to. There I was sitting on the edge of that bed looking at him preach, watching him preach. And as he sh- I realized I need to get saved. I need to accept Jesus. And so I prayed the sinner's prayer. And I did what we see over here in Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10, it shows us how we're born again. Now, why are you going to born again? Well, because I want you to see the same way that you were born again is the same way that you change things in your life after you're born again. The principle doesn't change now that you're a Christian. The principle stays the same. And you began your walk with the Lord this way, and you'll continue your walk with the Lord this way. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says this, That if thou shalt confess, everybody say confess, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe, everybody say believe, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice Paul, how about this, is showing us the same principle that Jesus taught. Paul's smart. He said if you confess with your mouth those things that you believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead. He gets specific with salvation here. Thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. He goes on to say in verse 10, For with the heart man believeth under, with your heart, with your spirit. And that's where the faith is. That's where that belief is, we'll say. Okay, that's where it's, it's abundant at. But when you, with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. When you believe it in your heart and confess Jesus as your Lord, then you're born again. You know what happens? The power of salvation comes upon you. Brings regeneration to your heart. And you know what? You're not the same person that you were before. You're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. How does God do that? By the power of God. Or as the scripture says sometimes, the power of salvation. How does the power of salvation get activated in your life? When you believed it and then you say it. The power of God is activated within our heart. All those amazing and and, and spiritual and supernatural things go on within your heart and take place within your heart because you believe something from your heart and then you allowed your mouth to speak it. When you spoke it, it activated something. But your speech must be, your words must be, from a heart that believes. Look with me if you would in 2 Corinthians. Let's go over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says it this way in verse 13. He says, We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. I, we also believe and therefore speak. He said past tense and right now. Past tense and present tense. The things that I believed in my heart is what's going to come out of my mouth. I believed it and therefore I spoke it. I believe it and therefore I speak. Paul is showing this same principle again. That what we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth comes to pass in our life. Our, our, our destiny is determined by the words that we say. Now turn with me if you would to Romans. Let's go over here. Romans chapter 4. I like to do a lot of word search here. Romans chapter 4. As we look in Romans chapter 4, what we see here is the story of Abraham. And if you remember the story of Abraham, he started off and he, you know, he, he, he didn't have a child of promise. And 
And God had promised him, you know, and said, you're going to have a child and it's yours, you know, and, and you're going to be a father of many nations. And, 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 and he, well, you know, that was the name he gave him, Abraham. He went from Abram to Abraham. Abraham meaning a father of many nations. God told Abram to begin to call himself Abraham, meaning father of many nations, before the child of promise was ever birthed, before he was ever conceived. See, why, why is that important? That, especially back in those days, the, the meaning of names was important to them. They understood that. And so he knew when he went around and met people, he would be saying this, I'm a father of many nations. Where's your children? Remember, he's about 100, right? Don't see any, don't have any. That could cause great, um, uh, um, made fun of. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word here. Ridicule. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Christy. That could cause great ridicule to be saying, I'm a father of many nations. Well, where's your child? Uh, I'm a father of many nations. That's me. But that's what God told him to do. And he begins to explain this a little bit here in Romans, here in the New Testament here. Chapter 4 and verse 17. And he said in verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. Now, this is what God does. Who quickeneth the dead. Quickeneth means makes alive. Doesn't God make us alive? Okay, he does that. But he also does this. And he calleth those things which be not as though they were. He calls those things that be not as though they were. That's just like what he was doing with Abraham, calling himself Abraham. He did not have the child of promise, but God was asking him to say that he was a father of many nations. Things that be not as though they were. This is what God did, and this is what he asked Abraham to do. And that is what he asks us to do. Call those things that be not as though they were. Here's the point that I'm making. Even when you can't see it, that is the, that especially when you can't see it, that is the time you need to speak it. He, he told Abraham, and, and, and therefore telling us now, to call those things that be not as though they were. He didn't say, call those things that be as though they're not. There's a difference. I like to use an arm as an as illustration for healing. If my arm needs healing, you know, I need the healing power of God to make a difference in my arm. And, and, I, and I'm reading scriptures on healing. He did not tell me to say, my arm doesn't hurt, my arm doesn't hurt, my arm doesn't hurt. By Jesus' name, my arm doesn't hurt. See, that's calling things that are as though they aren't. That's not what the verse said. He said, call those things that are not as though they were. So what do I say? I say, I believe that I'm healed. My arm is the healed of God. The healing power of God is at work and operation in my arm. Therefore, I am the healed of God. I don't say I'm not sick. I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. I don't say that. Why? Because you're, all you're hearing is arm hurt. Arm hurt. That's what's going in your ear, and you know what's going. In, you know where that's going into your heart. 
Arm hurt, arm hurt, arm hurt. He's telling you to call things that be not as though they were. I believe my arm is the healed of God. He begins to describe how Abraham acted here in verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Everybody say strong in faith. Be giving glory to God. When you're strong in faith, you can give God glory for the answer. Amen. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Abraham was fully persuaded that the word that God spoke was good for him. He believed it and therefore saying, I am Abraham, was no thing. He already believed it. God had spoken it to him and it wasn't nothing for him to just because it was all right here. He was fully persuaded. We must speak what God's word says about us, even when circumstance and the things that we can see, feel, hear, or touch show something else. Notice as we read this this. The story here in Romans chapter four, it does show us that he said he considered not his own body. And it says now dead. Everybody say dead. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that Abraham just, well, you know, he could. He was just, you know, no, no. His body could not produce a child. Neither yet. He did not consider either the deadness. Everybody say deadness. The deadness of Sarah's womb. See, God was not denying the deadness of his of her womb or the deadness of his body. But he said this, if you'll call yourself Abraham, if you'll call those things that be not as though they were, the, the things in the natural realm will be changed by the words that you speak. And Abraham obeyed. And he was strong in faith. And he said, I'm Abraham. And I'm Abraham. And you know what happened? He had many, many, many children. And he is the father of many nations. And he is the father of us all, as Paul says about us. One more verse. We'll close with this. Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the word gives us a definition of faith. He tells us now faith is. This is what faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's substance of things hoped for. It, it, faith is. I'm talking about Bible faith. I'm talking about godly faith. I'm talking about the faith that Jesus spoke of in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 and 23 and 24. Godly Bible-based faith speaks even when it can't be seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence, your faith. What is your faith? What you speak and what you believe in your heart. It is the evidence of things not seen. 
this shows me something. See, sometimes people, we, 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 have to, we have to jump this hurdle. We have to get by this point of, that could stop us. When we don't see things changed in our life, we're like, well, I just don't know if I can say that thing. Because it doesn't look any different to me. Listen, faith is for the time, by definition, when you don't see. You can't get faith after and use faith after you've received the answer. That's not faith. The time for faith is when you can't see any change at all. See, sometimes the enemy wants to discourage you in that moment. Well, I'm not seeing any change. I'm not seeing anything any different. I'm the same that it was yesterday. It's not any different this week than it was last week. I must not be in faith. No, no. You're right in prime time to be in your faith and to stand in faith and to speak in your faith. Because the speaking and the using of your faith is specifically for that time when you can't see it. What big whoop is saying you have it after you got it? That's calling those things that be as though they are. Yeah, that B. Everybody can see that B. Has nothing to do with faith. It's there, right there. Made its way in the natural realm. But it's when you can't see it, when you can't touch it, when you can't feel it, and you can't hear it, and you see no change at all. It's the time to rise up and be that man or woman of faith and say, I am going to speak God's word today. I'm going to believe it in my heart. I'm going to confess it with my mouth because I've seen it in the word. It's an established principle of the word of God. The things that I say will determine my destiny. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to see it come to pass because my God, my God is more than enough for me. And I am fully persuaded, just like my father Abraham, that I shall have those things that he said unto me. And it shall be done unto me according to what he has spoken. That's what I'm going to say. Well, you can't see it, brother. I don't care if I can't see it. It don't matter to me. I'm standing in faith. I'm in that place of faith right now. I believe it. I speak it. I receive it. Can you say amen? Now, one more thing before we close here. Same verse. God is asking us when we can't see to speak and verbalize what is abundant in our heart to bring that thing into the natural realm. Okay? Think about what I said. I'm going to say it again so you can kind of see it in your mind there. God's asking us to take that which is abundant in our heart to speak it out of our mouth to bring change in this natural realm. Right? Okay. So let's show how this works. We said that there's power in the tongue. We started off with that, right? And then we saw that 
the power in the tongue activates that faith that's in your heart and brings it to pass. So this is what's happening. Faith is, we're looking at verse there. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? Faith has substance. Where does it have substance at? Think about that for a moment. Let me ask you this question. As you're thinking, you don't have to answer out yet. Where is faith? Faith is of the heart. And your heart is your what? Is your spirit. It's the real you. This, this is just not, this is just my earth suit. It's not the real me. It's my earth suit God gave me to walk on this earth. The real me that will live forever is not this, not flesh and blood. It's my heart that's on the inside. It's my spirit man. Now let's go back to the question I had before. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Where is faith at in our spirit? Where does it have substance at? In our spirit, man. Let me say it to you this way. Faith has substance in the spirit realm. In the things of the spirit, the things that are eternal and last forever. Things in the natural realm are are designed for change. Think about a tree. You got a tree in your backyard. One of these great South Georgia storms comes through, knocks over your tree, right? Now, that tree was solid, you know, at one point. Now it's broken over, and it broke over, and it died. What's going to happen to that tree over time? Decompose. Disintegrate. What's going to happen to your flesh when we go on to be with Jesus? Your spirit's going to be alive and in heaven, right? But what happens to your body? It decomposes. Things in the natural realm are subject to change. Folks, listen. This is a good news for those that want to change something in the natural realm. Because it's designed to change. It's made to change. It's created for change. Now, there are certain things that will never change. One being God himself. Right? But also the things and the principles of the spirit and the spirit realm. They are eternal. So, (laughs) God is asking you as a believer and as a whosoever to take that word that has been dropped in your heart and is now abundant. That word, that belief that is spiritual on the inside. And I'm going to use it like a clump, okay? Like a clump of that word in your heart. That clump of that word that's in your spirit, man, is now in there. And he's asking you to take that clump of substance and bring change into something in the natural. He wants you to use that clump to change that. How do we get it from here to the change there. Speaking it 
speaking it out of your mouth. You're taking something that is spiritual and something that is eternal and you're changing something that's destined to be changed because it's natural. And you'll see it come to pass. This is why Jesus could be so sure in Mark chapter 11 and verse 23 about that whosoever that believed in his heart and said it, that it shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Because he knew the power of the, you see the power of the tongue? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. There's power in the tongue that it takes something spiritual and changes something in the natural. You have that ability. You were created to use it. You were created to walk in it. It's yours. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. They, they that learn that truth will eat the fruit thereof. Are you with me? Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Let's bow our head for just a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that all oh, brought life unto us. I believe, Lord God, that the word we spoke today... The words we spoke today, Lord God, just minister to our heart and faith is increased because we've heard and and the gateway to our spirit was opened up today by revelation from the word of God. And, And I thank you, Lord God, for this and I praise you for it. I thank you, Lord God, that each one of us here will not be just hearers of your word, but doers of your word also. And we thank you for that. We praise you for it. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your truth. I thank you, Lord God, that the words that come forth out of our mouth will bring change in our life because you created us this way. I thank you, Lord God, that as we learn this principle, as we learn this truth, that, oh, Heavenly Father, oh, Heavenly Father, we'll reap the benefits of it. But, Heavenly Father, I know of your goodness and your grace, you are so good unto us that you gave unto us the Lord Jesus, and he, and he gave his life. And, and even as we read those scripture in Romans that show us how we can be born again, it's your desire, it's your, it's your purpose, it's, it's your plan for each one of us to make Jesus Christ the Lord of all, Lord of every one of us. So, Heavenly Father, I just pray if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus as Savior and Lord, that I know, Lord God, you're moving upon their heart even right now. Because you want them born again. You want them in your kingdom. You want them in your family. And I thank you, Lord God. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, say, Pastor Doug, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I believe that he rose from the dead. I believe that, but I've not confessed him and made him my Lord yet. And I want to do that today. I want to give you that opportunity. I want to ask you as I look around just to lift up your hand. Say, Pastor Doug, pray for me. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus. This day, this moment, anyone here? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, you can look this way. I want you to do this for me. Can you stand with me for a moment? I believe this is what we need to do next. We found out that it's an established principle of God that the words we speak shall come to pass as we believe God's word in our heart. Amen? We found out we are created this way. So what I'd like us to do this morning before we leave is let's make some confessions of faith. Amen? Can we do that? Let's, let's, let's speak. Let's speak from our heart that believes. Let's speak from our heart and bring change into the natural realm.
Okay? So do this with me. Just say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word is true. I believe your word is spoken unto me. And I receive it. And it's abundant in my heart. And so, Lord God, even as Abraham believed you and spoke your word and spoke your truth, I, as a child of God, will speak the word of God. I'll use this tool to direct my life, to bring change into my life, to believe and to confess and to speak and to see those things come to pass because your word is true. I believe and I confess that I am a child of God. I believe and I confess that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe and I confess that all wisdom is mine. I believe and I confess that by God's, by God's supply, all my needs are met. I am provided for. I believe and I speak that Jesus is my healer. Therefore, I am the healed of God. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I believe it and therefore I speak it. And I believe it's done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Mark, thank you so much for allowing us to come to minister to you. You were so attentive and just grabbing on this morning. I appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Give him a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. What a powerful word. What a powerful word. You may be seated real quick. Hallelujah. You know, I have people ask me sometimes, well, how long do I keep saying it? You say it till you see it. You say it till you see it. You know, he says in that word in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, that uh, you have to believe in your heart and do not doubt. Do not doubt. And uh, anytime doubt tries to creep in, the best way to ward off doubt is just say something different. Amen. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking on and continuing to, me- to meditate on the doubt rather than meditating on what we truly believe. Amen. What a powerful word. What an encouraging word. Amen. Uh, we want to do this this morning. We're going to take a